The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. We're going to the Heaster Automotive Group hotline to chat with Jamie Hirsch of NHL Network. Want to talk a little Canes, a little trade deadline, which is uh, really bearing down on us. Jamie, thank you very much for for taking the time to jump on the show. Um, No problem. Good to talk to you. There we go. We'll we'll start with kind of what's on everyone's mind, right? The leap day gave us an ever, uh, an extra day before the uh, the trade deadline, but it's it's coming at us either way, pretty darn quickly here. Um, do you see the Canes being being big movers and shakers? Do you, do you sense there's a an all in move coming by any chance? You know, I do kind of get the sense that the Canes are a team to watch because they have an abundance of goalies right now and um, and some defensemen that are on expiring contracts, and so I I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking for someone kind of in the forward group, it, that would be my guess. Um, just because, you know, they're such a talented team. They're such a structured team. We know Rod Brindamore is, is an amazing coach and has got the most out of all those players. But I think when we at NHL Network talk about Carolina, a lot of times we're still left wondering if they have that true game breaker. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is amazing, right? Leads the team in goals and points again. We know that. But I don't know. Come playoff time, like, do they need someone else? Do they need a... a even bigger game breaker than Aho or just an additional uh, star forward type player. So that would be, I think, the one thing I, I could see Carolina doing, um, again, because they've got different goalies. And um, I think you know more about Freddie Anderson's current situation than uh, than anybody. But if, you know, he's going to be back anytime soon, and certainly with the way Kachekovs is playing, I think they could afford to kind of be creative with a couple of their moves that, that they could make and still bring – someone in that could potentially help them down the stretch. Jamie, I, I can see why you would think we would know more about the Freddie Anderson situation, yeah. but there's, there's, I don't even know if there's anything to know. We're, we're in the dark, I think as much as, as anybody. Um, but it is interesting hearing you. There's kind of two ways to respond to what you just said. I think it's interesting that you're looking at the Canes with an abundance of goalies. It feels like two months ago, uh, the concern was they didn't have, any goalies. Freddie Anderson was up in the air. <laughs> Antti Ranta was being waived. Kochekov was still so so young and unproven. And Spencer Martin was on the Blue Jackets. That's so, true. And and you're right. It's not like they have an abundance of number one goalies, I guess I should say. They've got <laughs> four guys or potentially four guys uh, who could all compete for that number one spot. And so, you know, that's, that's the biggest question is, do they feel comfortable with Ranta? Do they feel comfortable with Kachekov? Where is Freddie Anderson in terms of his timeline? Is he going to be a reliable option come playoff time? I mean, those are big questions, so you're right. But I don't know that I see them going out to make a move for a goalie either, mm. you know? Jamie Hirsch, NFL Network, joining us here. Follow her on Twitter, at Jamie Hirsch. What, what is the league's view of, of Piotr Kochekov, right? Similar to the Anderson situation, we are so locked in. We're, we're studying every save of Kochekov. But uh, from maybe an outsider's perspective, is is he getting like you know number one goalie love? Is is he seen as oh they might have found their future in Carolina? That's what we think here up in New Jersey NHL Network. You know, I actually have uh, a couple of goalies here that I work with regularly in um, both Devin Dubnik and Kevin Weeks. And actually today we've got an all goalie NHL. Now I'm on the air in about 45 minutes with uh, Devin Dubnik and Corey Schneider. And so I'll ask them too what they think of Kachekov in terms of his you know, future potential in Carolina specifically. But I think, I think he's really turning heads. I mean, I, I read somewhere that he's what nine and three in his last, however many appearances, um, great save percentage goals against. And so um, again, like they have such a sound defensive structure in front of him. So I think that'll always help whoever is going to be in net, but I've certainly seen some pretty impressive saves from him over the past month or however long he's been really riding a hot streak here. So 
I, I definitely think if I were Carolina and Freddie Anderson's not coming back anytime yet, I mean, Kachekov looks like he could be your number one goalie going into the playoffs. Here's the, uh, the other, the, I want to go back to your first answer that we talked about. Uh, cause there were two things that stuck out. One, the abundance of goalies, uh, conversation and two was, <laughs> uh, going after the game changer. Could, could you put a, and we're just, we're just, you know, kind of a uh, hypothesis here. We're, we're just, yeah. we're just a couple of people talking about hockey. Uh, what names might be that game changer that, that you could hear the Canes being interested in? Well, you know, everyone's talking right now about defense, right? And we know mm-hmm. Chris Tanev's now off the board. He went to Dallas yesterday, but Noah Hannafin is certainly, a a name that's being thrown out there on defense. I'm looking more at the forward group mm-hmm. and a guy that I've always been a fan of since his first time playing playoff hockey with Pittsburgh way back when they won their first of the two consecutive cups is Jake Gensel. And, you know, I, I kind of think he's got to be moved because he is on an expiring contract. He's so talented. I know the Pittsburgh Penguins want to keep him and, and maybe Sidney Crosby can <laughs> you know put a good word in enough to keep him there because I know he loves playing with Gensel, but I just – I have a sneaky feeling that Gensel's not going to be a Penguin come next month or next week even. Um, and so he could be a guy that, that could be that game breaker. He's got incredible playoff success. Um, I don't know how familiar Carolina fans are with him specifically, but every time he's on the ice, he's, he stands out to me. Um, I actually go way back with him, so I'm a little biased because I, I actually – cover the golden gophers when his dad was an assistant <laughs> coach there and so i've known jake for many years um and always you know root for his personal success uh, as a minnesota boy that he is and i'm a minnesota girl but all that being said is like he's proven himself as a legit um top forward in this league on any team and so i think he could be a really nice fit i know adam henrique's name has been out there a lot um in terms of other forwards that might be available and then there's Tarasenko. I mean, I don't know mm. that I see Tarasenko really as the the best kind of fit. I think he's, you know, he's still great. He is a game breaker, but he is a little older than I think the the Hurricanes need to be. Um, but those are three names I'll I'll toss out there into the universe and see what sticks. The the uh, I, I like to judge this. Uh, everything you said there got a positive head nod from my producer Dennis, who is super <sighs> in tune with the Canes. Until you said Tarasenko, and then the the, the yes nods turned to a no nod. Yep, so- yep, because he's a little bit older, and I don't think I think he's lost a bit of a step, but uh, I don't think he's quite that game breaker I was mentioning um, beforehand. Uh, quickly here, Jamie Hirsch, NF- NHL Network. Follow her on Twitter at Jamie Hirsch. Uh, Jamie, before we let you go, we do something on on Thursdays here called Hurra Confidence and Hurra Concerns. We're just so it's pure pure pun but uh uh it's basically what we're most confident in what we're most concerned about with the canes uh and we always start with the bad news first what is what is your biggest concern right now for the carolina hurricanes as you're gearing up for the deadline and obviously hopefully a, a run in the playoffs for around here my biggest hurricane concern has to be goaltending even though we talk about <laughs> the abundance of goaltending thank you for being abundance. in the same pretzel we are i'm so yeah. happy you're right there i know because again like we hear the GM talk about all these goalies and we're good, we're fine. But uh, for years, it's been the question, who is the number one? And, and how do we feel about Freddie Anderson? How do we feel? I mean, I know we love him, right? As a person, everyone's cheering for him mm-hmm. with, with his health condition. But how do we feel about him and the confidence in his ability to be a number one goalie going into the playoffs? I'm not sure that I'm super confident in that right now. So, so that would be my big concern, my her concern. And what was the other one? Uh, and then the other one is her confidence. What are you most confident in that you can depend on, that you can lean on when it comes to the Canes? The coaching. I'm such a Rod Brendamore fan. I mean, he's 
every year should be in the Jack Adams conversation. It's incredible what he's done with that group and just the, the type of role model leader that he is. Um, every player I've ever interviewed that is in that dressing room has just raved about him. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, re-signing into a mega deal or whatever, it's like <laughs> that's, that's the number one confidence that I have in this team is, uh, is their ability to compete night in, night out, best of seven series. I love the fact that they're led by Rod Brindamore and he's got them playing really, really sound. And I actually did the other night I was doing it on the fly and one of our leads was about the hurricanes and how they're, they're so quietly building in the standings right now. And no one's talking about them because the Rangers were on their tear, right? Their 10 game win streak. But uh, I think it's since January 24th, sometime late January, the Canes actually have the third best record in the NHL since then. So you know, you guys know it very well, and I'm sure everyone in that dressing room is probably content to let everyone else kind of not know mm-hmm. that they are doing really well. But but if if you're looking at all the numbers, both underlying and just the, the plain stats in front of you, Carolina is playing a really sound, solid brand of hockey right now. And so um, led by their coach, I, I think I'd be confident. It's uh, it was so smart of them to struggle through the first month to then yeah. storm under the radar on on their yeah. way back to contenderdom. Take uh, warning, <laughs> Jamie. We appreciate you for taking the time, and uh, and we'll do this again uh, later on in the season. Yeah, thanks so much. Take care. Uh, the Canes play tonight at Columbus. If you're looking for a place to watch the game, maybe go to a future game in person, courtesy of us. Join me at Carolina Alehouse in Garner tonight. Hang out with me from 7 to 9. And while you grab your wings, your zingers, your burgers, any food you want, your drinks, I'll be giving out 30 tickets for the March 14th Canes-Florida Panthers rematch. 30 tickets. That's 15 pair. We're going to give away a pair of tickets roughly every eight minutes. It's a Canes ticket stop tonight, Carolina Alehouse in Garner. See you there. Uh, that game tonight at Columbus. How do I describe Columbus as an opponent without being mean, Dennis? Uh, you can't. Okay. Uh, then I'll just be factual. How about that? The Blue Jackets are dead last in the Metropolitan Division. They stink. They are dead last in the Eastern Conference. They stink. If we're going to be nice, they're fourth to last in the entire NHL. So there's three teams in the West that are oh. that have less points. So they got that going for them. Uh, they allow the second most goals per game in the entire NHL. Yeah, they stink. For a team like the Canes that want to get shots on goal, need to up their offensive production a little bit, uh, especially over the last three or four games, you, you look at the, the defense numbers, the goal prevention numbers, the goaltending numbers, they've been pretty good. Some of the numbers on the other end of the ice have been a little lacking. If you need a jump start, what better than a team that is second worst in the NHL at preventing goals, right? It's the, the I talk about it all the time. Sometimes a basketball player is, is clanking shots off the side of the rim until they get fouled, right? And then they go to the free throw line. They see it go through the hoop a few times, right? Just just they hear the swish, swish. All of a sudden, they can't miss. Maybe the Canes just need to hear it, hear the horn, right? Hear it hit the back of the net a couple times because maybe the Blue Jackets aren't the best at preventing them. Now they're cooking. Now they're rolling. Now their offense is back where it should be. I also have this question. How, how much time does a player have to spend on their new team before the new team rally around them in like a win-one-for-the-guy game? Could this be – Dennis, I'll pose this to you before I give my thoughts. Could this be a win-one-for-Spencer-Martin game already? How about putting Spencer-Martin in net How about tonight? it? 
let him go win that one. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it either. How about putting him out there for the the face-off? <laughs> How about we get a little crazy? Uh, no, Spencer Martin started 10 games this year for Columbus. That's that's significant. Like I, I knew he had 50-some-odd appearances when he was uh, picked off picked up off waivers by the Canes. But I actually think that I was so under the assumption that he was only going to be on the team for a week that I, when we first brought him in, I didn't really do the the deep dive into like his history and what he had done this year. I was just like, all right, he's a guy. He's going to start on, you know, the, either the first or second of a back to back next week, and then he's going to be back on waivers. So, you know, why would I get to know him super well? And and then it just became knowing the story as it was in Carolina, right? Then it just became, hey, remember that. That game, he came out, he played great, he got the win. It was against, what was it, Boston? Was it Boston? It was yeah. on the road. It was mom's night. Mm-hmm. And, and, Boston. and you didn't have to go back and see, like, what else he did previously this year because there was so much storytelling just in his short time in Carolina. And then he kept winning and he kept playing and he got three wins. And it's like, hey, guess what? Spencer Martin's kind of here to stay, right? It's kind of he's He's kind of a thing now. And uh, I never went back and did the, the search, but 10 starts for Columbus is not an insignificant amount of time on no. us. No, no. And to think if had Ronta not gotten hurt, Spencer Martin would still be around. He would probably, yeah, they probably would have put him on their AHL squad. Oh, yeah, they would, have, they would have put him back on waivers, and who knows, Columbus may have just reclaimed him. Yep, and, and, and how fascinating is that? Mm-hmm. Timing's everything. He started 10 games for Columbus this year. He had a save percentage of 88.7. They waived him. This Bruh. is this is the second worst team in the NHL in goal prevention and stopping the puck. They waived him. He comes to the Canes. He has started four games for the Canes, has a 92.5% save percentage. This is very much both sides looking at each other. You got that breath thing? Go, go and play that one more time. Both sides. Bruh. The team is looking at him going, where was this 92-plus safe percentage when you were playing for us? Hey. And he's looking at them going, why'd you cut me? You knew I had a 92.5% safe percentage in my potential somewhere. Where, where was I? Where were you? Yeah. Where was your Getting confidence in me? I didn't choose to leave. You waved me. That's very much like how these things work. And, and you know, hey, sports gambling is going to be legal March 11th here in North Carolina. One of the things that I look for, right? I call them narrative bets. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 I mean by that is, there's two two type of actually I should say this three type of bets that I I dabble in, and I was living in Virginia at the time where it was legal, so I'm not self incriminating myself at all here. Um, there were three kind of bets. One I called an entertainment coupon. Uh, what that meant was there's a game that I was going to watch, but I had no reason to be. I had no horse in the race, right? Nobody to root for, and I wanted to be invested, so you put $2 on a team. Um, The other kind of bet is an analytics bet. That's where, if you're a nerd like me, you break out the spreadsheet, right? And you're, how many times has this happened? And you track percentages, and you're like, hey, look at this. You know, 67% of the time this happened, so I can on. That's an analytics bet. Then there's the narrative bet. I openly admit that, Vegas is going to have more, and by when I say Vegas, I mean sports books. Sports books are going to have more information than me. They're going to have their own Schefters and Rappaports that are insiders that are gaining information. They're going to have more calculators, better algorithms. They're they're going to have all of that. But there's something that I don't think they can have over me. 
I don't think they can look into an athlete's, athlete's psyche like I can, right? The narratives, the motivations, right? These are humans out there. These are competitors out there. They're not just numbers. One thing I do is I look for guys that are playing against a former team, particularly a former team that chose to move on from them, right? If a player demands a trade, that's one thing. If a player is traded against their will, they're not going to forget that. Big elephant brains on, uh, on, on a bunch of athletes. If Spencer Martin was in goal, that would be a situation where I'm looking around at a narrative bet going, hey, guess what happened? They moved on from him. Now he gets a chance to prove to them that they shouldn't have moved on from him. And oh, by the way, Spencer Martin seems like he's one of the guys with the Canes, right? Seems like everybody's really ingratiated themselves to him, and he's done the same to them. He stepped up when they needed him to. So you darn sure Slavin's going to be out there selling out to make sure Spencer Martin gets to make his point. You know what I mean? Like, like your, your buddies are going to have your back in that situation. So now I have a little bit extra motivated Spencer Martin. I have his buddies trying to have his back. I have the Blue Jackets not being very good. I have all of these narratives coming together to go, you know what? If sports gambling were legal. <laughs> I might, and if Spencer Martin were in net, which we're not sure, we, there was no morning skate, uh, and I would actually expect it to be Kochekov. But if it were all breaking down, that's a narrative bet that I might interest myself in. So four one Canes tonight. Yeah, yeah, four one. I'll take it. Yeah, uh, five two. Sure. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with a three goal difference. Okay. As my uh, my prediction there. But yes, that's and win one for Spencer. Win one for Spencer. This one's for John. Like after uh, John Elway won the Super yeah. Bowl, this one's for Spencer. Doesn't flow the same, but it, same message. This same message for applies. Spence. Uh, by the way, because of this, a nationally televised game today. It's an ESPN Plus Hulu game. If you want to hear Mike and Trip, you got to listen to it right here on ninety nine nine The Fan. The only place you can find them right here. And we encourage you to do so. Mm-hmm.